Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on everybody welcome into the fantasy coaches podcast i am your host as always coach steve on today's episode we're throwing away the playbooks guys we are getting bold with our our plays today and it's our bold prediction episode guys 157 uh we've gone through a lot of podcasts over the last three years now and uh this is going to be our third season getting into the fantasy uh season football season is less than a week away or it's a week away basically at this point to the kickoff of the Thursday night football game with the Cowboys and Bucks. Uh, before that, we got, like I said, we're getting a little bold tonight. We're throwing the playbook out and we're giving you guys some crazy plays like the Philly special and some other things maybe like that today. So uh, let me introduce, of course, my co-host, Coach Jibs. What is going on, buddy? Uh, I kind of added myself to the screen uh, stream. So I'm doing good today. I was starting to get like heavy in this redraft stuff. I think my whole Labor Day weekend is packed with stuff like this. I'm so excited. Uh, I get to talk smack with my uh, league mates. And um, we got an interesting fellow to introduce as one of my fellow league mates and a guy who's I know does more fantasy than like you and me combined. He got me into it first before you did but like you guys are basically like my uh rivals to say the least i love it i love it so and bring him on in and introducing we have matt domino hey everybody pleasure to be here uh ready to bring some spice to this podcast and give you guys some bold predictions today guys awesome 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 so a pleasure to have you in matt uh so we'll kind of get right started for into our day guys so again there's some news obviously a bunch of people going on ir ty hilton Sharp bateman uh, a couple other guys here and that are kind of going on with, on IR for a couple of weeks in the season. So uh, if you, I'm sure if you're drafting this weekend, you'll notice that they have an out sign next to their name and know that most likely some of these guys are going to only be out for the three short week windows. So keep that in mind. Um, some other news that kind of broke today here. Uh, and this one was interesting and it might be for more of a dynasty format. And it's Jacob Hollister. Uh, he did sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars today, a position where they didn't really have a good tight end outside of James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, so we know Jacob Pollister, two years in Seattle, decent performances, and someone you'd be able to start at times in fantasy. Uh, Matt, I'll let you kind of go first. Do you have any uh, anything on – do you like Jacob Pollister there? I love Jacob Pollister there. I think it's a great fit. Uh, you know, there with the rookie core QB and Trevor Lawrence. I know he's going to try to target the uh, the tight end position more frequently than you see veteran quarterbacks try to target them. And, you know, Hollister, you know, he's he's got great hands. He gets open. He's got some speed. I think he's going to bring uh, a good dynamic to that offense. It's um, also got, got some pretty good uh, blocking skills to him as well, too, if I remember correctly. So, you know, Jacob Hollister, definitely a name to keep in mind here. You know, especially in a in a league where tight ends are not a very uh, you know formidable position outside the top three or four guys that you have. You know, Hollister I think is a name to watch as the season progresses and maybe a wave wire pickup uh, somewhere later down the road. Yeah, I can I definitely agree with that, Jim. What about you, my friend? 
No, well, they don't really have anybody down in Jacksonville, so they definitely need someone to fill the void in the tight end position. So I, I like the f- the fit and the opportunity he has available to him. Well, you know, Jacksonville is definitely going to be like a dumpster fire trying to catch up in games. So he's going to have some chances. But like for me, like if, if he's a guy that you have very interest, like I have other guys that I like to get like sleeper tight ends. But like Matt said, is definitely a guy you should speculate late down the road in the season. Like, you know, me, you – I'm sure Domino as well. Like he likes to get a lot of the premier tight ends, but um, if you have to stream tight ends, like you could be a guy that could fill the void a week, but I'm not really going to bank on that and try to get some guys like Jonu Smith or uh, Mike, Mike names like that late in the drafts. Yeah. He, he's and like, you guys kind of mentioned already. He's basically not, but not someone you're going to draft in most for regular formats and redraft. Uh, but definitely someone that could be a week 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 by you know replacement, or if you're in dynasty league, of course, uh, someone you should definitely go out there and throw a bid on, very minimal money because he could end up having a pretty decent season. You know, we know rookie quarterbacks love to throw to their tight end position more often than not, and I was pretty surprised that Jacob Pollister did get released, to be honest. So um, it's someone to look look out for, and someone to kind of throw a small claim in if you're in that kind of dynasty format. So. Uh, the next piece of news just dropped like 10 seconds ago, really right before we started doing our podcast today. And, and Wayne Gallman just signed with the Atlanta Falcons here. I know they have Mike Davis and uh, uh, Quadro Patterson. And I uh, can't think of the other guy's name. I just saw it. Uh, Quadro Olsen um, on, the, on there. But he got released. So obviously Wayne Gallman signing there is a replacement for him. And we've seen Wayne Gallman, especially at least last year, kind of be fantasy relevant here. And, uh, it's an opportunity for him to kind of see the, you know, this some possible work in there because we know Mike Davis is Mike Davis. So, uh, Matt, how, do you like this at all? Is it something that you're going to keep your eye on? Or I actually am a huge fan of Wayne Goldman. You know, back when he was with the Giants, you know, there was arguments that he was running better than Saquon, you know, at periods. Um, you know, that offensive line with the Giants was not good. Saquon, you know, was a, you know, uh, side to side runner does a lot of jukes, spins stuff like that. He's not a downhill runner. Wayne Goldman attacks the holes. He's somebody that could find uh, gaps in the line and pick up, you know, anywhere between three to five yards, you know, per carry. And I, I imagine the Falcons are going to try to use a running back by committee, you know, with Arthur, Arthur Smith there um, coming in as new head coach. I think he's somebody that's going to try to establish the run. He's trying to find some guys who he knows are going to pick up, you know, small gains to medium gains. He's not going to be anybody that's going to blow you out of the water. But if an injury to Mike Davis comes up, you know, Wayne Goldman's the guy to look at. He's got solid hands coming out of the backfield. He could definitely make plays. We've seen him score touchdowns before. Um, you know, I think it's it's a way better backup than they've had, you know, outside of Davis. And there's a chance that he could even take Davis's job, you know, early to midway through the season if, if he outperforms him. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I do. I like the signing. I think Wayne Goldman is a very underrated running back. Uh, and I think that, you know, he's he could be in a position where he's going to get more touches and more opportunities that could kind of, you know, expose his talent, kind of like how Mike Davis did last year with Carolina. So I think it's a good signing for them. I do think that he, he brings, uh, you know, more of that one-two punch than what they had previously. Uh, and we'll see what he could do with the opportunities if he's given it. So, yeah, I do like it. I can't disagree with you whatsoever there. Jibs, what about you, my friend? How do you feel about the situation now? Uh, Jibs, you're muted. Yeah, you're muted, Jibs. <laughs> I was typing. But uh, I, I like it a lot just because, like, 
everyone was kind of speculating what the Falcons would do in the offseason. Oh, they just got Mike Davis. They need someone behind them. And they didn't do anything until this last week, and then they released pretty much everyone they had on the roster last year, including Quadri Otterson. But the Falcons' offense, like last year, even with Todd Gurley just being like kind of abysmal and in and out and kind of missing for periods of the season, he had 195 rushes. Mike Davis rush attempts but um mike davis could definitely fill that void i don't think he's gonna be like a 250 kind of carrier and um besides that brian hill had 100 rush attempts even ito smith got 63 so i think wayne gallman is gonna have a role the falcons literally went out their way to sign him and release a player so i think that tells you what the organization thinks about him and even though it's gonna be a sticky situation like he's definitely a guy you can look at especially after the drafts are over and maybe he'll kind of get a little bit of boop, a bump during this week's drafting. If people are kind of speculating on uh, if Mike Davis is a true thing down the road. Right. And I don't, I don't really think it hurts Mike Davis that much until we see it during the season. Isn't somebody I had, I wasn't drafting him already, but I don't think his like value or anything moves down, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on this coming season. And if, you know, I was drafting Quadra Olsen with maybe my last pick at times as a home run you know, pick at that point. Wayne Gallman, he only has like a hundred less career rushing yards than Mike Davis does. And Mike Davis has been in the league three more years. Mm. So Wayne Gallman has shown us something at times. And I wouldn't be surprised if, because this is a playoff team or they want to be a playoff team because they have the veteran quarterback. Um, they might have to get creative with the, their play calling. If Mike Davis can't hold up to the factor, We've seen Wayne Gallman do it before. So uh, it's definitely interesting. And again, if you're in like a dynasty format, it's definitely something I'm considering. I already threw a bit out there. I actually I opened, I opened waivers and I just picked them up in one of my leagues. So you throw a little bit out there and get them and see what happens with them. So, Do you think it's kind of like uh, the Falcons saying like, oh, like Cordell Patterson, like look at this guy. Like he's barely a running back and he's just kind of beasting. And then they got like bums are like, okay, you guys are done. Like it's just kind of just – going with the Patterson flow. I think he has a role in the offense. I don't know how big of a role, but I think they'll use him more than the Bears did. He'll frankly. get his, like, six or seven touches, and one of them will go for, like, 50-yard run, and they're scoring. People will go nuts about it because it's – Not fantasy relevant. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, in DFS, like a deep DFS play, but, uh, yeah, not, not a normal redraft most likely. So, what's up, Kyle? Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Um, but uh, that's again, that's the end of the news right now. Nothing really too major happened. Uh, it's it's pretty minor stuff going on right now. So, like I said, we're throwing the way the playbooks now, guys. We're getting bold with our takes tonight, and we're doing a bold position episode here now. Uh, Matt, so you are a guest for tonight. I will allow you to go first. I don't know if Jib sent you the the doc. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, all right, all right. so uh, we have we're gonna do one bold prediction about our football teams, and then the other three will be actually about fantasy relevant stuff. Um, so Matt, you, I don't know what your team is, but you go first. Okay. So this is a little, uh, a little hilarious, but I'm a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. Okay. Okay. I like it. And, uh, I think my board prediction for the Bengals this year is I think they're actually, I think they can compete for the division. Uh, the Browns, I know are the favorite, you know, along with the, with the Ravens, uh, you know, the Steelers, they don't scare me too much. I think that with Najee, Harris back there. I think they have, you know, they're going to have an improved run game, but I don't think that, you know, I don't think their defense is going to be as good as it was last year. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is not getting any younger. So I do think that the Bengals 
this year have a serious uh, a serious chance there at the division. Uh, it's, I know that's a little bit bold, you know, coming from, uh, you know, one of the top three worst teams, four worst teams in the NFL last year. But they uh, they revamped some of their offensive line with Austin Ryder from the uh, from the Vikings. He should help out their run game and their pass game a lot. You know, getting Joe Burrow back healthy, from what I hear, you know that's going to be a huge plus. And their their receiving options there with uh, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, even the tight end Uzama, uh, and uh, you know Jamari Chase. I know he's had his struggles with the drops here in preseason games. I think he's going to overcome that. That offense is going to be fierce. I could see them averaging anywhere between, you know, 20 to 24 points a game. And, you know, their defense led by Jesse Bates. He's a superstar starting to making that kid. Uh, he's going to see a lot of, a lot of action back there. He's going to get a lot of, I think he's going to, you know, break up a lot of passes, probably break his, you know, career uh, interception uh, for, for a season. And I could see the Bengals, going you know with the with the 18 17 game season i could see them going you know 11 and 11 and 7 11 i mean 11 and 6 you know anywhere 10 and 10 and 7 11 and 6 around there so you know their schedule is not too tough they could take care of their division um so yeah i could see the Bengals, you know competing pretty heavy, heavily for their division and and making a run at it this year must be nice to be a hopeful Bengals fan. I'm one of the few. I'm one of the few out there. But listen, I, I've been following them for years. Last year, I knew they weren't going to do anything. Their offensive line was atrocious. You know, everybody <laughs> told everybody last year, hey, stay away from Joe Mixon. What did I end up doing? I ended up trading for Joe Mixon like week three. Um, ended up totally handicapping, handicapping my season. And I still made it to the championship. Lost, uh, lost to Gibran over here and uh, his team partner at the time. But, um, yeah, you know, like, I, I think the Bengals are kind of getting underlooked based off of, you know, their history, you know, kind of like how the Browns were for so long when they were, you know, had their streak, their streak of, uh, you know, countless losing seasons after losing seasons. Um but you know the one the one big takeaway that I take I uh, get from the Bengals is having Frank Pollock back as the offensive line coach. He's going to be a huge factor for them uh, developing their young their young linemen. Um, and I just saw that the Bengals this year only have five players over uh, over 30 years old. So uh, you know having a young group compared to the Marvin Lewis era where everybody was over 30 30. 33 years old it seemed like you know they're going to have some fresh legs out there uh people willing to learn be eager um and i think that's going to be you know they're going to be hungry hungry to compete so you know i think all those factors going into play uh and and the schedule as well like i said i looked at the Bengals schedule and i could see them you know reasonably winning you know 10 or 11 games this year it's not out of the question i know some people have them pegged for you know five or six wins you know, a lot of their games last year were, you know, one one score games. So it's not like they were far off. Um, even when they didn't even have uh, Joe Burr as their quarterback, they weren't really getting blown out every week. And with their defense improving, you know, Mike Hilton, Awuzier from uh, the Dallas Cowboys coming in, their corners are going to be healthy. Uh, you know, we're still worried. I'm worried about um, what's his name from uh, from the Vikings that came over there. I can't remember his name right now. I think Alexander. Um, the cornerback, but I know there's questions about his health. Oh, no, Trey Wayne's Trey Wayne's. I'm sorry, that's wrong. Trey Wayne's, yeah, 
Um, I know his health is a little bit in question. I know he was banged up during one of the preseason games. But overall, yeah, uh, I'm big on the Bengals this year. You know, that division, the Ravens, they don't scare me. Their offense, you know, with J.K. Dobbins going down, I think that's a big hit for them. They revamped their offensive line. I think they're going to take some time to, to adjust and gel together. And, you know, Lamar, I think that the more and more he's in the league, these defenses and these defensive coordinators are going to figure out ways to contain him and prevent him from beating them with his legs and force him to throw. And they have they have no wide receivers outside of, uh, you know, Mark Andrews. I don't even really count Marquise Brown as, <laughs> as a, as a legit a wide receiver. He's he's out there, but he's not he's not blowing anybody away anymore. So he, he beat up he, he beat up the Dolphins that one week for like 35 mm-hmm. points as for his rookie debut. And that was about the, the last we've seen of Marquise Brown. Yes. <laughs> sure did. That was a great, that was a great day. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, their, their competition is going to be the Browns and you know, the Browns, I still think they're the Browns. I'm not, I'm not sold on Baker. I think Baker's uh, kind of, Aiden. I think Baker's disguised by his run game. Uh, kind of like how Carson Wentz was, uh, you know, able to, you know, skate by for a little bit, thinking that everybody thought that he was a, you know, superstar quarterback. You know, I don't think that's going to be the same situation here with the Browns this year. I think they're going to stop the run. And I think the Browns are going to, you know, hover around 500 this year, which is my bold prediction for the, for the, for the North. double take. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's going, damn, he's with ham on the North. Oh, he sure did. I thought you did over there. Okay. Well, uh, I gave you the doc and I didn't even read the thing. <laughs> I just didn't read it. But um, for my team, I, I think uh, my my fellow rookie, Devontae Smith, will lead the rookies in receiving yards this year. I just think people are kind of sleeping on the Eagles offense. I know, like, I'm not really expecting anything, like, spectacular out of them. I don't think they're going to win the division or anything like that. But I think there's something to be had there. The offensive line was just in shambles last year. We have a second year quarterback who's going to have a new head coach, but I think he's just a little bit further along than he was last year. So I know he has to work on his accuracy, but like comparatively to the other rookie wide receivers, like there's nothing in Philadelphia. Greg Ward was our leading receiver last year, followed by Zach Ertz, like who's going to get, be a second fiddle in the offense. Dallas Scott is probably going to get a little bit of bump in the offense, but then like Rager, I, I think he could just instantly be uh, close to like a 90, target kind of guy uh at least the guy who's going to be within that like 70 80 catch range as a rookie but like i think he could make plays and he doesn't profile like rager or quez Watkins, but like as speedsters who could kind of be a vertical threat downfield he could be getting in out routes and i think he's a good guy to get uh in mid rounds and leagues this year too so uh, that's my take for the eagles yeah no jim that's I just have a question for you. I know you, you yes. referenced Zach Ertz before. Uh, you know, I, I saw an interesting number about uh, preseason between Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Did you know that Zach Ertz has actually played more snaps than Dallas oh, yeah. Goddard in the preseason? I mean, that's something to think about. You know, I, I watched you know, them. I'm looking at my ranking sheet. They have Zach Ertz, tight end 22 right now. You know, Steel. It, it's, who's who's out here saying that Dallas Goddard's taking over the reins? I see Dallas Goddard tight end nine by Fantasy Pros. You know that's that's a pretty substantial you know difference. You're talking about a guy who's not even really getting drafted at tight end twenty two, compared to you know they're projecting Dallas Goddard to be a top ten tight end, 
And, you know, I, I, I see the talent there by Goddard, but I don't see the usage that we would like to see from him, you know, compared to how they're using Zach Ertz in the preseason. And, you know, my thought is possibly they're, they're looking to trade Zach Ertz, maybe, you know, maybe showcase what he could still do. But, uh, you know, based off of what I've seen, what I've read, the coaches are happy that he's there. He wants to be there. You know, just coming from a guy from Philadelphia, you know, you're a big fan there. I just wanted to see kind of how you how you, do you, do you see that much of a drop off between between the two of them? No, I don't see much of a drop off. I know Dallas Goddard is very well. Now I see one considerably, but like Goddard's definitely gonna be more athletic. You know, Ertz, is, they're both steady tight ends. Just to be honest with you, like I was very bullish on Dallas Goddard before the draft season started and then as thinking like Zach Ertz will be shipped out of town but the, everyone made their kumbayas this um you probably can't see me anymore but everyone made their kumbayas this um this week and I think he's he's gonna be there in the offense I don't know whether the philosophy is gonna change if they're gonna be running as much as many two tight end sets as they did but like if one of us on the field it's definitely a good assurance policy and the Eagles are probably just gonna use both because even Dallas Goddard has had some <laughs> injuries minor if it was him getting hit in a brawling fight in North Dakota or if he just kind of hurt his hand somewhere else but it's good to have two guys, but I like won't touch Goddard. I would either wait, dig down the tight end, and probably take Zach Ertz because every draft I've done, Zach, Zach Ertz has never been picked, and he's, 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 he's undrafted. He's, he's not undrafted. Even be, he's not so even being drafted. He's going to be anyway. that waiver wire week one he's guy. Gra- who he's going like, to be there. You know, if you, if you're somebody that doesn't have a tight end and you're like, hey, you know, maybe I want to pick up another tight end as a shot in the dark. You know, there's no harm in picking him up. You know, he could be somebody that. You know, if there is an injury to Goddard or, you know, if Zach Ertz, you know, shows that he still has that superstar talent that he showed for so long there in Philadelphia, you know, that could be a steal. You know, it wasn't that long ago that he was going top four tight ends. So, you know, keep that in mind, everybody. I love that, Matt. Keep Jibs on his feet there. Love that a lot there. Love when Jibs has the, has the thing on his feet right there at the time. <laughs> love that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'll finish up here with my, my team. Obviously, obviously, you guys know I'm a big Dolphins fan here. Uh, and, and the way I see it this year with Miami playing out is that I, I do believe Tua takes a step. I don't think it's a step that many, many people might want him to take in the second year here, or at least I would want him to take. I think he does enough to make himself a reliable uh, quarterback in general, and he's definitely going to be someone I think helps us get past the first round of the playoffs. It's been I think there were like four teams that haven't got one of like a playoff game in the last 20 years. Miami has been one of those teams here. Uh, I think this year, I think we somehow we sneak into the playoffs as a six seed, seven seed, whatever, and we win a game actually, and it's a definitely a shocker. And then we go into in the next round against some of the big hitters, and we lose because I just don't think we're there yet. But I think we're heading in the right direction and making the playoffs. And I think winning this year with Tua taking the next step, the defense continuing to be a top tier unit. Uh, Jalen Waddle addition is amazing for this offense here and make, takes them to the next level. Uh, it's just not the level we want yet, and I think hopefully my fans won't be mad about this. But you know, round two knockout will make me pretty, will make me somewhat happy at least uh, as a Dolphins fan. I'd love to win the Super Bowl this year, and maybe who knows? But uh, round two knockout is that thing that's going to happen with Miami this year. All right, so we're done with our teams, guys. Hold now up, we're hold up, hold up. Oh, what's up? 
You guys don't even have the best, second best quarterback in the division. Uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes. The Tony Romo it. take when Zach, uh, Tony Romo said Zach Wilson is a stud. I uh, didn't hate that, but as a Dolphins fan, I hate that. So, uh, Zach, but Zach, a, Zach Wilson's going to be a stud from what I see. going to be an amazing quarterback. Yeah. You know, and with uh, Salah there, he's going to keep him motivated, keep him learning, keep him hungry to continue to grow. You know, they're going to, uh, you know, I hate, I'm not a Jets fan. I have nothing connected to the Jets at all. But I think the Jets finally got a quarterback that they could believe in. So if you're a Jets fan out there, uh, you know, I think you're going to be a lot more excited about this season than uh, the past 10. So. <laughs> yeah, big supporter of the Zach Wilson, unfortunately, but it's part of what I do here now. So um, we're done with the teams now, guys. And now we're getting back into some fantasy talk here now. We're going to do some fantasy bowl predictions, you know, a little hot, a little mild, a little extra bold spice. Uh, to three predictions uh, for you. Three fantasy players that we choose to. So, Matt, uh, who's your first uh, bold take there? All right. So, you know, a little bit, uh, a little mild one here. I think, you know, T. Higgins coming from my Bengals. T. Higgins. Tell, we, saw, we saw T. Higgins last year literally show what his talent can do with the hands, the focus, the tiptoeing along the sideline, his red zone ability. I could see T. Higgins leading the AFC North in touchdowns from a wide receiver. I see him scoring 14 touchdowns this year, currently ranked wide receiver 23. I think T. Higgins has a top top eight wide receiver finish on the year. If Joe Bur- Burrow stays healthy, um, T. Higgins is going to be his favorite target. I know Jamar Chase and you know Burrow have a connection going back to LSU. I think it's going to take Jamar Chase a little bit more time to adjust to the NFL speed. You know, I see him really coming along around week six, week seven, showing what he can do, learning how to run the routes that he needs to run. T. Higgins is a proven stud. Um, And he he doesn't get a lot of credit because he's on Cincinnati. He doesn't get looked at too much. Um, I think he's currently going around like the, you know, fifth round, fourth, fifth round, sixth round in some drafts, depending on your formatting. Um, but I, I see him finishing, you know, among the tops of the wide receivers. I think he's going to have a better finish than, you know, guys like Adam Thielen. Um, I think he's going to have a better finish than guys like, you know, uh, you know, if, if, if Andy Dolan's thrown to Allen Robinson all season, he's going to have a better finish than Allen Robinson. Um, you know, even, even the three bucks, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and, you know, AB, I see him outscoring all three of them as well, just because of, you know, I know Burrow likes him. I know Burrow looks his way a lot. And, um, you know, he's he's going to be the red zone guy that they have there. And, you know, the Bengals throw the ball a lot. I think they threw it on around 65% of their plays last year. I think it was among the highest in the NFL among teams uh, passing. So I think you're going to continue to see that trend um, move into this year as well. So I'm excited about T. Higgins. I think he's going to be somebody to keep an eye on. You know, if he's there, you know, fifth, sixth round, seventh round, you know, I think he's a good guy to target amongst the other guys around that, you know, around that uh, that gap. I see Kenny Galladay, you know, 28. He's he's going to have a way better season than Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, young guy, really no injury history as of yet. 
and uh, you know somebody who I think is going to finish in the top ten for sure at the wide receiver position. All right, I like I'm it. I'm glad you said that. I was about to get walked out the draft room two nights ago because I picked T Higgins over Jamar Chase. Oh, dude, no, it's not even a question, man. Not not even, uh, I know it's not a question, people, but people people, people, get so, people get so hung up on you know Jamar Chase's 20, 20 TDs in college at LSU. Competition's not comparable, you know. Looking at you know LSU, I think Jamar Chase was scoring you know four touchdowns some games against these lower lower tier colleges. And don't get me wrong, you know the connection that him and Burrow have is undeniable. But he was away from football for a year. You know, you're transitioning to the NFL. It's a big gap for somebody uh, to come in who hasn't played football in a year. If you think you're just going to come in and roll, roll over the league, I think that a lot of people are going to be disappointed in the numbers yeah. he's putting up. Yeah, you know, quite frankly, I would not I would not take Jamar Chase anywhere, you know, before round eight or nine. And I mm. see him going round five and six as well, too, right? Sometimes right before, yeah, you know, T. Higgins. the hot spot right uh, now. Yeah, I think it's, you know, to me as a Bengals fan, I think it's it's crazy. I, I, I truly, I do think T. Higgins hovering around that 12 to 14 touchdown mark for the year. Um, he's going to be Burrow's favorite target. Love that. Love that for sure. Jim's for me, I'm going to go with Marcus Callaway, and I think he's going to lead the – Saints and receiving yards, and that's out beating Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas whenever he returns. So um, we've seen in the preseason, and uh, we have confirmation that James Winston is going to be the starter, and I think that's going to be better for the Saints' at least receiving skill weapons. So um, I think it's, he's going to just be more confident than Taysom Hill. I know Taysom Hill is still going to have his like due day in the offense, but Marquez Callaway, he literally has already. Um, We'll, we'll probably say like a six-game head start on Michael Thomas. So I think if he could get like 600 yards or close to like 500 yards right there, that's at least in within that time period, that's all right. I think as soon as Michael Thomas comes back, and obviously I'm looking Kamara is going to be a huge role in this offense, so I don't want to discount that. But I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to get a 1,000 receiving yards this year given the circumstances. And But – I could be wrong, and maybe Alvin Kamara is a thousand, thousand kind of type of guy, and I my bold prediction is wrong. But I, I think Marquez Callaway is going to lead the team. Love, love Marquez, love Callaway this year. Great, love him. great, great, great. He love was ac- he was actually going to be one of my uh, my bolder predictions later you keep, on. You keep going. He, he's he's going to finish top top thirty wide receiver. I'm telling you right now, he's going to he's going to be up there. Jameis slings it. And, you know, if he still has his turnover problems, I still think he gives the Saints a better chance to win than, than Tyson. I think he'll, they'll, they'll keep rolling him out there. He's going to keep slinging it. And, uh, you know, anytime that you have a wide receiver receiving passes from Jameis Winston, you know he's heaving it. So Callaway has shown that he's got good hands, good speed, good separation, passes the eye test. You know, he's just one of those guys that has not had a lot of opportunities Uh you know, Drew Brees was limited in how far he could throw for so long. I, I love Callaway. I think and he's ranked wide receiver 50, 51 right now, what I'm looking at, you know. So this, uh, he's going low. He's going very low right now. He, he's somebody that you could target, you know, after round 10 and, and easily feel comfortable starting, in my opinion, week to week mm-hmm. uh, without even questioning it, you know. So I'm a huge, I'm a huge Callaway fan. Who you got for Steve? Uh, 
Is so, that coffee too? No, nah, just a little, little tea right now and a little tea today. I had enough coffee today. But uh, my first bolt, my first mild prediction is that Najee Harris finishes as a top six fantasy running back this year. Um, <laughs> Yeah, top six. Yeah, I know. I said I could have said top six. No, no, no. Javon knows how I feel about Najee. Love (laughs) Najee. Love him. Love Najee. So with Najee guys, you know, everyone's, you know, talking about the O-line. Oh, it's such a bad O-line now. O-lines change every year. Things happen. People improve. People grow in in their roles, especially on the offensive line. It's a it's a position that can kind of change overnight, to be honest, if they get the right personnel and the right people that fits the scheme of what they're trying to do. Najee Harris is probably the best running back they've had since Left Bell. Yes, James Conner's in that in that range as well. But Najee Harris is is a tremendous back. I mean, the man can throw, he can throw, he can catch, he can receive, you know, he can rush. He's going to be used all over the field. Benny Snell is there. Anthony McFarlane is there. Both those guys are just a guy uh Najee Harris is going to see probably at least 250 carries this coming season and probably somewhere around the 40 range mark in terms of targets at least and he's gonna see if they're in the goal line they're gonna let Najee Harris run that in because you saw him do it time and time again at Alabama uh again he's going at the beginning of mid round two right now and he I think he can finish and this is a mild bold prediction I think he can finish as, as a top six fantasy option by the end of the season Love Najee. Yes. If, if you have the opportunity to take Najee in the second round, you take Najee in the second round. I'm saying that Agreed. right now. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we at here now? I took that down. Matt, what's your number two here? It's we'll a little more bold now. Jamal Williams is going to outscore DeAndre Swift on the season mm-hmm. by at least 50 fantasy points. Ooh. That's a nice bold take. I like that. You like that over there. And I'll tell you why. The Lions are, you know, the Lions have already came out and said Williams is one A. They've had so many opportunities to commit to DeAndre Swift, and they refused to. They they were running Adrian Peterson over Swift last year. There's got to be a reason for that. You know, there's got to be something there that we're not seeing that's going on behind the scenes. I know him with the concussion history. You know, I know the injury history is there. It's a huge concern. He's not, he may not even be ready for week one. You know, Jamal Williams, I saw this stat the other day, unbelievable stat, over 650 touches, no fumbles in his career. That's, that's what you call reliability, consistency. He saw what he could do receiving out of Green Bay. He's got the talent. He's got the skills. The Lions have one of the best underrated offensive lines in the NFL. You know they're going to try to control the ball by running the ball. Um, you know, they don't have too many receivers there that are, you could rely and trust on. So you know that they're going to be thrown to the running back out of the backfield. Um, they're going to be losing, which is great for the two-minute two minute drills. Um, you know, fourth quarter, you know, running backs sometimes get four or five catches end of game just from their team losing, them trying to move the ball down the field there at two minutes. Um, Jamal Williams is definitely a name to keep an eye on. And he's falling. You know, he's going late. I'm, I'm trying to find him. I have him running back 39 by Fantasy Pros. These, this was printed out today, these rankings. Updated today. Running back 39. DeAndre Swift is going early third round. I don't see the justification for that. I really don't. I know people get t- hung up on the projections when they look at their sites and, you know, they see, 
You know, Swift projected over 200 fantasy points for the season. I don't think he scores over 130 fantasy points on the year. I really don't. I, I don't think he's going to stay healthy. I don't think he's going to be on the field. Um, you know, and he's somebody who I, I know has a lot of fumble history. I know uh, DeAndre Swift. He starts fumbling. I know they're not going to want to keep him out there. Um, they're going to they're going to pivot to Jamal. Jamal is also a little bit bigger. He may be seeing some of the goal line work. He's been very successful in his day at the goal line. Um, you know, Jamal Williams is a name to keep an eye on. And I, I think he's going to be somebody that you could see uh, easily, easily, in my opinion, you know, outscore DeAndre Swift. I like it. I like it. I've gotten a little bit bolder. I like that one. And it's, I think it's honestly very doable, to be honest. There's, there's, some, there's a situation in the world where that actually happens this year. I like that one, Matt. Jibs, my friend, over to you. What is your second one? I kind of wanted to switch it up after I did the math, but I'm just going to get a little mild on here. And Gus Edwards, I, I think he could be top five in the league in NFL rushing this year. Um, basically, we'll, we'll say like the Ravens running backs. I'll just use like 350 uh, rushing tips as like an indicator. And I think Gus Edwards easily could get to like a um, 250 to 275 like rush attempt threshold. I don't think he's going to be like towards 300 with Lamar Jackson, the offense, obviously taking some runs away, but still like the guy, um, average five yards per carry. We were talking about this on the last podcast and you do that simple math. That's the easily like over 1,250 yards. So, um, you start off with there and like, I know Gus Edwards, there's been some games where he just comes in as like, just a backup, like over a couple last years and they'll have like five carries and it'll be like for 80 yards. So you have some boom potential for some games right there. So I, I don't think like, even with 1,250 yards as a baseline, I think he could have some Derrick Henry type runs against some suspect defenses. I know it's kind of mish and uh, mosh some of the defense he'll be facing, but, um, the Bengals kind of got a little bit loaded on defense this off season, but like as Matt says, like there's still going to be like dogfight games, especially in the AFC North. So I could see some grinding games, and I really don't really see like Justice Hill and the other guy, I forget his name, um, being that much. Taysom Williams being that big of a factor, I see them being like five, six like carry kind of guys. But I think just, I mean, um. Uh, Gus Edwards could be like at least a 17 touch kind of guy week to week. It's going to be interesting to see how they, how they divvy up their carries. I, I, you know, I haven't heard too much about Justice Hill, which has kind of surprised me. Um, he's kind of had the left in the dark there. I like Gus Edwards a lot. I think Gus Edwards has a lot of potential and if the Bengals are going to get beat, it's going to get beat on the ground. So, you know, that, that is going to be a, a continued issue with them is stopping the run. So, you know, he plays them twice. I imagine him doing pretty Green well. Bay against still. Yep. Yeah, Gus Edwards. I like Gus Edwards a lot. Detroit. There's some suspect teams down in that. Yeah, uh, that, yeah that they played this year for sure. Yeah, definitely definitely got the boldness there, Jibs. I like it. Um, so my next bold take here, guys, uh, I'm going to stick with my Dolphins here on this one again. Uh, that's why I didn't talk too much about the Dolphins, but – uh, Mike Gusecki, uh tight end of the Miami Dolphins, finishing as a top five, top four tight end in fantasy this year. Yes. Uh, oh, let me back up a little bit. <laughs> That's a bold one. That's a bold yeah, let me one. Back up. Absolutely bold with everything we know about the tight end position and who's there currently. So the way I see it is that, you know, Mike Gusecki is a guy who's very athletic, uh, can catch the ball, 
Uh, he's got, you know, good speed to his game there. And it seemed like he didn't really have a connection with two people were saying, da, da, da. they're like, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick made him look better. Well, if you looked at the games that two had played with uh, Mike Isecki last year, and it was about like five or six games that they actually played together. Uh, and he projected out to like a 17 game season. I mean, he was someone who was close to 100 catches, 900 yards, and about, I think it was like eight touchdowns. I don't have it off the top of my head. But those numbers like that, that, that talks for a top tier tight end. And I think the way you look at this Dolphins team now is that they wanted to spread the offense around. Uh, and they also wanted to obviously get the ball in space to players, which that works with Jalen Walter and it works with Will Fuller. Absolutely. Um, but I think. It helps Mike Isicki, and it's not something no one's talking about this year, um, besides teams like me at this point. But it, it, what it is, it's, you know, you're spreading the offense around, you're leaving the middle a little bit open for Mike Isicki to have more one-on-one coverages for a guy who actually stays on the field. Let's not forget that either. Uh, Will Fuller, injury-prone. Devontae Parker, injury-prone. Preston Williams, injury-prone. Even Jalen Waddle has a little bit of injuryness to him. Who's going to be left at the end of the day? It might just be Mike Isicki, and at some point Mike Isicki is going to just – eat up targets and just eat up yards at some point and get touchdowns. Um, so I have him as a goal prediction, top five, top four fantasy tight end this year. I like that. Uh, Mike Zeki's kind of a little injury prone, but he's a warrior. Like I think like what it was like week 15 or four, no nah, like, late, like the 12 or 13 where he got like torn up and he came back like next week. Like his hand was basically falling yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. like, he's a warrior he's a tough guy. And he's from Jersey too. I love Gasecki. I like him even more with Tua because, like I said earlier, young quarterbacks, they target the tight end. You know, Fitzmagic, you know, he was throwing it downfield. He was using his magic, throwing it down the down the sidelines. You know, he wasn't aiming towards the tight ends too much. He wasn't checking it down too much. You're going to see Tua, you know, Tua's play style is a lot more uh, analytical, methodical. He tries to beat teams with his with his mind. And outsmart them. I can imagine that him and Gasecki are going to connect quite a bit this year. I like Gasecki a lot. I'm not sure about the top top five, uh, but I do see him being uh, a really reliable tight end, possibly scoring anywhere between eight to ten points a week. Like that too. Love that. Um, so Matt, back to you, my friend. You're final, and this one's the boldest take we can give for the night. Uh, this, this this is a bold one. This is bold. Kyle Pitts is finishing Bro. the season as a tight end one over Travis Bro, Kelsey. Bro. Here's the thing. I'm a huge Travis Kelsey fan, huge George Kittle fan, you know, Mark Andrews, you know, I love him. You know, I know, I know Kyle Pitts first year in the league, you know, Kyle Pitts he doesn't need to do anything for me to be convinced the guy's a superstar. I saw what he did in college. I see the speed. I see the athleticism. He reminds me a lot of, of young George Kittle, you know, when George Kittle first entered the league, you know, the speed that we were seeing, the athleticism from him. Matt Ryan's a very smart quarterback, you know, losing Julio Jones there, that opens up a whole boatload of targets for them to throw to the tight end. And looking at Matt Ryan, you know, historically he's loved the tight end position. Look at Austin Hooper, his career year before he went to the Browns, you know, he, he had something like 80 targets or something like that, that year. Um, You're going to see Pitts be a focal point in that offense. He's going to be getting, I I think he's going to be seeing, be seeing a lot of different formations, possibly even out of the backfield. I think we're going to be able to see him. Uh, especially with Arthur Smith back there. I know he likes, you know, pounding it. Um, 
and kind of like how the the 49ers use Kittle on those you know reverse sweeps and those little handoff and pitches I think we're going to see Pitts use that same way um I think Kelsey is not going to be the Travis Kelsey that we've seen in the past and I you know saying that I'm sitting here thinking to myself I may take Travis Kelsey tomorrow in the first round in my league um you know, but I'm sitting here saying that I, I think that Kyle Pitts is going to be the tight end one. If I thought that I could get Pitts tomorrow, I probably would hold off. But just where I'm at in the order, it doesn't seem like it's that feasible. Um, you know, I'm at the 10 spot. So I know the swing around, I know he's going to be taken once those tight ends start coming off the board. Um, but, but Kyle Pitts is somebody who I'm, who I'm absolutely huge on. He's going to see probably close to 100 targets this year. Um, you know, Calvin really has some injury history. He may not be on the field that much. The Falcons are going to be losing a lot of games. Uh, Pitts is somebody who I think is going to be durable with him being so young, so fresh. And, uh, you know, we saw what he could do at the college level and be so dominant. And oftentimes when you see a tight end dominate so much in the uh, the collegiate level, that that – uh, you know, that adjustment isn't as significant as it is, you know, f- compared to other positions that you see. So, you know, he's a good route runner already. Everything you hear about him coming out of camp has been, you know, really positive stuff. I know they're super excited about him over there. So I, I, I predict him the number one tight end in fantasy for this year and for uh, many years to come after this as well. So if you if you're in a dynasty league, you know, he, he's somebody that I would I would strongly consider targeting. He's going to put up a lot of points. He's going to get a lot of targets and score a lot of touchdowns. They're gonna they're gonna really make it a point to get him the ball. We gotta get you in the dynasty league, Matt. That's all I say. <laughs> but yeah, that Kyle Pitts, he's a, uh, definitely a not fire player. <laughs> I just for damn sure. give us your uh, bold. I actually messed up with my Gus Edwards one. I wasn't supposed to give that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to run real quick, though. Like, my Mike Evans, I was going to make Mike Evans. I don't think he will get 1,000 yards this year. Um, fun fact, he barely got that last year. He only had 1,006 receiving yards. And um, Antonio Brown only played half the season's game, so eight games. So I think Antonio Brown could be a more vocal point in the offense. I'm a believer that Chris Godwin kind of will elite, be the elite wide receiver in totality in that offense, but I don't think Mike Evans will get a thousand yards receiving. But my uh, spicy take for tonight, AJ Green, Matt's former oh, old boy. I almost was gonna say AJ Green because I, I listen. I, um, I want to hear what you have to say, but I, I'm, I'm a, he's gonna have a resurgence here. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it short. But basically, he's going as of wide receiver seventy five on Fantasy Pros. That is last round material <laughs> plus, <Not even>. and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not even, but um, yeah, but you gotta look at it this way. He's playing playing in a potent offense with Kyle Murray. They have decent running backs. You have DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have to be that like main guy in the offense. He's gonna be playing second fiddle with the elite wide receiver right there, Christian Kirk. Like if he's not catching like a 50 yard pass or nothing, he's basically useless in my estimations. Like he's still gonna be on the field. But the big thing is Larry Fitzgerald. He still hasn't been committal committal on his future status in the NFL. So if he doesn't set the field in week one, like that last year, he had 70 targets still has like a 36 year old wide receiver. That's a 
walking foot door. All right, the 37, 38. He's, he's, he's old. up there, man. He's, but he's amazing. For, for that man to get 72 targets last year, I think AJ Green with the bump down for Christian Kirk and like with guys like Dan, I mean, like Kirk and Drake not eating as many touches up, I think he could get to like 90 targets almost and still be a viable option. So I think he'll be a wide receiver three this year at season then. And you should be looking at him if he's on your waiver wire and if you need him, obviously, wide receiver so deep this year, but. It's a guy who's going to be making an impact for advanced leagues. He's going to be on the waiver wire, guys. I'm telling you. Oh, the waiver wire like lists week to week. Yeah, he's hungry this year, man. He he did not play well last year. He wants to prove that he could still play in this league. Um, and he he's he's a, you know from the drop off that he had just from you know the ankle injury two years ago. You know, I still don't think he was you know ready to go when he came back last year. Um, seemed like he was still getting his, his legs, you know, under him. So I think we're going to see a, a lot different version of A.J. Green this year. The age, obviously, a concern. Uh, but he's, the talent, I think, still is there. Don't, don't, don't be fooled by last year, guys. Okay, okay, okay. Well, this is going to be awkward then with my next and final bull take then. Oh, you want to double down? Um, well, I'm double down the other way, but... Um, so, guys, I, I chose my I, – I said get bold, and I'm going to get bold on this one here too. Um, so my f- extra bold take is that Kyle Murray does not finish as a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year in fantasy football. Now, let me tell you, for first off, the best ever finish after a QB in the last almost decade now who have finished fantasy quarterback number one the year before was QB7, which was Pat Mahomes. Now, I understand. I get it. You know, Kyle Murray is a superstar. Uh, but we saw clearly what happens when Kyle Murray gets hurt in a fantasy football game and he loses his ability to run the ball. And I feel like this this Arizona offense is is not the best ran organization right now. Like Kingsbury, I don't think he's a great coach. Uh, I think he's putting Kyle Murray in more harm than good when he's letting him just run all over the place, even though he's a weapon. Uh, you, you saw them. I think they're going to use their running back core a lot more this year. I don't think Kyle Murray gets, I think, double-digit touchdowns and rushing. I think he had this past season here. Yeah, I know A.J. Green's there now. We always have DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Rondell Moore is there. But Rondell Moore is a guy who's always been injury-prone. I'm not as big as you guys on the A.J. Green train, unfortunately. Um, so I think that it's being hyped up that Kyle Murray is just going to be a great top-five fantasy quarterback where at the end of the day – if things go wrong where he gets hurt again or they don't want him running the ball as much, he could find himself outside the top 10 this year. Uh, I think he's a great fantasy good player, good football player. Absolutely. I love watching him play. Uh, but again, just getting a little bold on it. And that's my bold take, guys. Hater. I don't disagree with that at all. Most of, uh, most of his production came from rushing touchdowns last year. As a Kyler Murray owner last year, uh, I'm staying away from him. I don't think he's going to duplicate those type of um, those type of numbers. Hey, love it. Matt agrees. It's all that matters, Jibs. Oh, I agree. Matters. Too, but <laughs> not to that like extent. I think hey, he probably gets seven or eight. But I think he falls outside the top ten. I do. You know, based off of the quarterbacks that I think are going to have breakout years this year, I could see him falling. You know, anywhere between eleven to thirteen, as low as because. You know, he kind of came out of nowhere last year with, with his legs and how he was able to run around. And a lot of his plays that he was, you know, doing that on were like circus-type plays. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't see that happen year to year um, unless you're Pat Mahomes. And like you said, you know, after the QB1 finish, QB7, 
Um, so there's there's always adjustments that team must make to prepare. And uh, you know if you could if you could take Pat Mahomes down from one to seven, you're going to take Kyler Murray down uh, a little bit more than that because the talent differential between those two is pretty substantial in my opinion. Exactly. Well said there, Matt. So uh, those are our bold predictions for the evening, guys. Hope you liked them. Hope they're, they were spicy. Hopefully you guys agree. If you disagree, whatever, you know, just let us know. I'd uh, love to hear your guys' thoughts on that for sure. You know, bold predictions are supposed to be fun. Um, and that's kind of what this episode is, just kind of fun and obviously informative, of course. You know, we gave a lot of good information. So, um, yeah, we're going to wrap things up today, guys. Uh, Matt, man, you were a great guest. Uh, this is actually my first time meeting you personally. So Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me, guys. Having loved it. Had a great time. Anytime, you know. Uh, love, love talking fantasy. Love talking sports. Been doing this for a long time. So uh, the pleasure the pleasure is a uh, pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Jensen. Jibs uh, hyped you up and he and the hype stuck. So I uh, love it. So, but uh, we appreciate you guys for all tuning in today. Obviously, this will be our last episode until we start our start and sit. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it. If you stuck in here the whole time, my guy, I appreciate that always. Uh, I got to get you that football jersey that I, me- I meant to send to you. So oh, I'm getting to you, man. I'm getting <laughs> oh, this shit. I've been busy, man. I had exams and whatnot. And now, uh, you know, football season's here. Now I have more, some more time right before the season starts. I'll get that out to you. But, um, Again, as always, guys, you know, next week we do start our start and sit episodes every Thursday. Every Monday will be our waiver wire show. Uh, on Sundays, we'll have my, uh, you know, weekend recap show. This coming Tuesday will be our first actual Dynasty episode that will be during the season. It's separate from me and Jibs. It's some of our guys on our team. They're going to be talking Dynasty during the season, basically, that we don't get to talk to as much because, you know, we're worrying about the season, actually. So, that's going to entail some, you know, some college stuff, some, you know, buy low, sell high stuff throughout the season. So tune on, tune in for that on Wednesdays, uh, every Wednesdays, probably around this time, six to seven or so. So uh, you want to hear more about us, you know, always check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. And you can go follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. And if you ever want to reach out to me or Jibson personally, ask us some fantasy questions, you can do that at Coach Stephen P. I'll take contra. So have a great, take care guys and have a great The bag is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Go.